0: Jennifer.
1: Good evening,
2: Ed.
0: Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed. You can find us online at GleefulPodcast.com, on Twitter at GleefulPodcast. I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He is at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Joshua. How are you tonight?
1: I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. We
0: just watched us some Glee. Um, I'm very busy with all my stuffity stuff. Uh, yeah, lots of yeah, stuffy stuff going on. A lot on. of stuffy stuff going on, so I'm very busy with that. <laughs> and uh, I, I never, I don't like to tell people what my stuffity stuff is until it's like in progress, uh-huh. but it never really gets. Like, well, no one ever, I have yet to get a green light on something. Why,
3: why can't you, can you speak in vague generalities and I don't just be like, like to, you're excited about it? Because you are. You're not saying it's for real. You're just saying you're excited.
0: Well, when I was a younger man, a man yes. of uh, a, a man of limitless enthusiasm, which I know you can totally see that I was once that person. How uh, did I never uh, meet I mean, him. You're not? Okay. <laughs> no, yes. No one, no. I've, I've I've always been this way. Just I've always been... I've always been like 15 going on 40. This is just me. I've always been angry. But when I was a younger man, um, I used to like as soon as I'd come up with something, I'd be like, I'm going to write a movie. And then I would tell everybody I was going to write a movie. And then by the time I finished telling everyone, it was like, well, now I'm not excited about it anymore. And I never would. And so now, like when I was in my kind of late teens, early 20s, I made this conscious decision to never tell anyone what I'm working on until it's done, which is really... Which is why I don't really say much about what I'm working on. However, what that also means is that because, like, in this industry, you pitch and pitch and pitch and pitch and pitch. And, pitch, and then someday, one day, maybe, one of your things gets picked up. So people the people always think I'm not doing anything. When in actuality, I'm working on, like, 80 pitches and just hoping that one of them bites because I don't tell anybody about anything. So.
1: See, I always thought it was just, like, <laughs> you didn't want to jinx it. You didn't want to say, oh, well, I'm working on this and, and then... If it doesn't mm. happen, then I thought you were just kind of like... Well, the most fun of
0: doing anything is being able to tell people about what you're doing. And so by the time you're done telling people about what you're doing, you're like, well, now it's not really worth doing. <laughs> like, I already did it. <laughs> right. so, I, so I stopped telling people about what I'm doing. But so then we go... So we get to that part of the podcast where I'm like, what are you up to, Jennifer? And she's like, I've got 80,000 things going on. And Ed's applying for jobs and having fun. And I'm like, uh, Nothing. <laughs> The same old yeah. stuff i'm always doing Jesus true factor. true story uh what are you up to ed how are things
3: back east <clears throat> uh just just on the job hunt i mean i toward i totally see your philosophy on not telling people i am working on some stuff but it not nothing's mm. the, the only lie that i tell myself consistently is that i'm gonna <laughs> well, it's not a lie it's gonna happen i just don't know when is the 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 infamous ed album is going to happen sometime eventually i don't i have no timeline on this i want to be good (laughs) and i want to have the right equipment so i'm and yeah so yeah that's going to be a while but i'm working on other things that might come to fruition sooner but probably not (laughs)
0: Well, we look forward to everything we want to see.
3: Yay! That. We're looking forward to things. Of course. I, I, honestly, I keep thinking about like, oh, I should start another podcast. I'm like, no, I shouldn't. That's <laughs> a bad decision.
0: You could say, what would you start a podcast on, Ed, if you were to start another podcast?
3: I was thinking about starting a podcast, documenting things that I'm working on. Not not so much to be like, oh, look at me what I'm doing, but to to force myself to be accountable for like, oh... This week I accomplished this this little step towards my goal because because I have to because I would have to update every week so it's kind of like kind of like a force like a like a self motivating podcast that like that
0: is a very that is a, a very common tactic and oh, yeah. uh, it, and it can usually do the trick you know it's all about just whatever whatever every, you have to do to you trick yourself something
3: similar it. with. Uh, with with her with her youtube blog mm. and like every week she or whenever she did something wherever she posted a show she had to like have something to show for it mm. so so that's i i, I think about doing yeah. this but i don't know it it just be me talking a lot and i don't and i don't know like like what i have a co-host mm-hmm. like what how what would a co-host Function be on that show. <laughs> uh, I get a long, little crazy when I'm by myself. Long-time okay.
0: listener, rarely live chatter, Ren Mike D, just said return to Disney in the chat. <laughs> so apparently that's <laughs> his opinion on what you should do. I think that's I mean, also that, Ren Mike D's advice on pretty Lord, much been all thinking things.
1: About it. <laughs> Mike, are you still in Disney?
0: <laughs> yeah, he's pretty much in Disney all time. <laughs> do, you,
1: do you live there? <laughs> I want to live there. So
3: well, live yes. There. Uh, so,
1: and, Actually, uh, <clears throat>
3: I actually have a random question that I'm going to ask you at the end of the show. Okay. And, and it's, 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 it's going to be a little stupid, but I'm going to All ask right. you anyways.
0: Yes, you can sleep on my couch, but not for an indeterminate amount of time. Uh, no, I don't know. Anything you want. Absolutely. We'll talk after this. Jennifer. Yeah. How are you? you and in sculpting penguins, I see.
1: I'm sculpting penguins. If you have
0: not, listeners of the Gleeful <laughs> Podcast, since we're taking some time before we get started <laughs> to chat a little bit, if you have not seen Jennifer sculpting, you should go to Jenny Be Creative and check out her Etsy page and spend all of your money on her work because she's amazing. But
1: only if you're getting married. I mean it really doesn't make sense. Or just pretend. Screw it. Just pretend it doesn't make sense any other way. She sculpts
0: penguins and owls and robots and monkeys now. Monkey I know I get people and zombies. I I gotta
1: get monkey pictures up there. I don't have monkey pictures.
0: They're amazing. They're (laughs) amazing. Check out Jennifer's Etsy. says
1: my loving husband. And spend
0: all your money on Etsy because that's (laughs) what I do because I think those people deserve my money.
1: (laughs) Mike just wrote, not this week. (laughs) Are you going next (laughs) week? Next
0: week, exactly. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about Glee. We opened up with Diva
0: there. That was um, uh, well, one of the songs. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it was the first song, right? It was the uh, first song. Um, Of the episode entitled Diva. do Do you
3: have much experience with this song prior to this episode, Josh?
0: Yes, I detest this song. I
3: hate this song.
0: This is... Beyonce has three types of songs. She has her dance songs, her ballads, and her crap. And they come in equal measure. Like, you can pretty much, for every good song she's made, she has a ballad and she has a crappy one. And I don't know. Like, she's like... The sense of empowerment that Destiny's Child's had with songs like Survivor and, and you know, Independent Woman, like there's a it's it's different. Like Beyonce's empowerment songs are more angry and kind of bitter. Like this song is I just kind of listen to it. And I'm like, dude, slow your roll a little bit. It's not as exciting as it used to be. You know, when Survivor was like, yeah, you play that in the club and kids would go crazy. And I'm like, you should go crazy because this song is awesome. But now it's like meh, I ain't got nothing for it.
3: See uh, you know? I, I don't know. I don't I never re- I don't recall this being a radio hit by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-mm. But when when this song did come out during my college years, which are now in my past, um, <laughs> that I I was I I was I used to like play the song like as a personal anthem <laughs> pretty consistently. <laughs> so okay. when when I like when they when when a uh, unique and Britney broke into it, I was like hell yeah (laughs) i mean I'm i'm not i'm not gonna defend this like this song itself is the melody is like all sorts of like three different notes yeah and and the beat is repetitive but i what i liked about the video was the the music video for the beyonce song is that it was all it was like all like black and white with gold saturation and i thought that was brilliant because i was silly and And, in the music video on glee because that's pretty much how I felt like it was. It was like a music video taken like cut away, and I just loved all six of them. They were like bringing their diva i love I love the attitude, and I just want to echo something that I said at the beginning of this of season four, mm-hmm. which is that Rachel and Kurt leaving uh Glee leaves a lot of lot of open room for who can be sh- the shining star of. New directions, and I think this episode, along with most of season four, has shown like, 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 it just, it just ran, it just feels, it just feels random. It's odd. Like, I just love how, like, you don't know. Like, you would think I would know that they would have a big Britney number, but I'm still surprised. So. and uh, unique unique on it was fantastic
0: see and that's the thing like the one for oh, and me also, the saving and also the unique. whole
3: tina I have, more, I have more diva in my pinky than you do in whatever i'm like no uh-uh. wrong <laughs> tina <laughs> unfortunately i love you but unique does out diva you without even trying well and
0: that's that's what's so much fun about that character i adore her i adore unique she's my favorite freaking character of all the, like, I, I can't even count her as a 2.0. She's my favorite. And, like, freak, every time she opens her mouth, I get excited. It's well, the, so the, the good. difference,
3: I, I feel like some, some of the problem you're running into is that Unique is a 2.0 of Mercedes, and Mercedes was flat line a lot of the time. So, yeah. and whereas, you're, whereas the other 2.0s, you're comparing to exciting 1.0s.
0: I'm not, I don't compare, like, I make a point to not compare the 2.0s to the to the old older classmen or whatever the original cast. I, I really am trying not to. I think Unique is exciting because she's just exciting and she's so energetic and she's fun to watch and and well, she, she gets plot like, lines Glee that Mercedes never Was
2: originally,
3: never originally about like exactly. so in some ways like exactly. Glee was about having the unique. Maybe not. I mean, she's very attractive, so I don't. I don't even want to say that. But I I'm totally like, agree. She, she wasn't. She wasn't. She's not she the type of person you would just pull out of a CW casting ad.
0: Yeah uh sapien had a has a great comment in the chat room did anyone else catch tina's uh hedvig uh reference in the scene anybody you got you got the angry inch of course course. yes not the owl hedvig and the angry inch (laughs) uh jennifer what did you think of the uh diva number
1: oh i'm still in on this no i'm just kidding (laughs) you're
0: still part of the show (laughs) you
1: guys um yeah uh let's see pretty much in between like never been crazy about the song that was okay but i really enjoyed watching them do this like i really enjoyed the performance and and yeah you know unique totally totally shines in this performance and i think they again found a song where all of their voices work so well together and they all but they're all so identifiable and unique in their own in their own role in Mm -hmm. it so for me, it was still a lot of fun, even though it was a song I didn't really care about.
0: It was it was a nice number. They do these fashion show numbers every oh, once in a it's while. So and they're great. always fun. Yeah.
3: It, but it was, it was it was just like a whole bunch of glitter and a whole bunch of fun. Yeah. Like it was. I mean, it wasn't a necessary thing. <laughs> but like it didn't, no plot line was moved. Nothing, nothing was changed. But it was yeah. a whole bunch of fun. So
0: yeah, I mean th- that's fine. Like the, the I'll I'll give the show like one an episode of a song with, that doesn't move the plot line. Like you can have one. And this is I know, I know. Like I
3: feel like for God, like it didn't really move the plot, but it did set up the the quote unquote diva battle. So mm-hmm. it it had it like it wasn't the most useful, but it has its uses.
1: Yeah, but okay, so but that still did kind of confuse me. It was me bad
0: romance two That they
1: didn't do that they didn't do a real diva off. Tina got a song, Blaine got a song, the group got a song.
0: Santana, Santana got, a got, song. got three. Yeah, totally.
1: And, and well, so I was like, well, you know, if this was gonna be a
0: they, real they have, they diva can't.
1: off, I would have loved to have seen like kitty should have been thrown down and- oh yeah. yeah I
3: would I, see see I completely agree I feel like the kitty Preach. Marley unique <laughs> lack of representation yeah in this episode was a little frustrating because yeah. it was like it pretty much set up like these six are competing for the diva title and really only two of them had the opportunity to even give it a shot
0: yeah
1: yeah and and, and again I love Santana I love her voice I just didn't understand why she got three songs. And I think, you know, like it's like we used to say in, you know, season two, it was all Rachel all the time. And, you know, now I just didn't understand in this particular episode when they were trying to motivate the group, it it, it seemed to focus on her.
3: Well, it's if, if season three demonstrated to us anything is that they don't know how to, like they don't know when I'm not saying it was too much, but they don't know when to hold back on Santana. Yeah. They they like yeah. they just love they just love using Santana. They just love her. She can't be bigger right now. Whereas I feel like with Rachel and Kurt and new and new directions, they like worked out that balance, but Santana's this like outlier and they're like, "Oh, we like we just need to like we're going to use the the heck out of her. We love Santana. We can't control it." I mean, she is extremely
1: <laughs> versatile. She has great range. I just you know, they could have, you know, paced it out a little bit.
0: let's uh since we got santana on the topic let's go ahead and listen to a santana song and then we will come back and discuss a bit of santana we have a ton of voicemails tonight and they're all crazy good so i do want to get to as many of those as we can too uh so this is make no mistake she's mine uh performed by santana lopez and sam evans they're on the global podcast
2: anymore
4: I don't wanna
0: This song is just eighties tastic, isn't it? Oh, totally! Like those big, those big moments right before the hook. Oh, it's hilarious. Uh, it was weird to have Santana doing a Barbara Streisand song. It kind of felt like, like cheating, like infidelity a little bit. Uh, but this is a Barbara Streisand song and Kim Carnes. Kids, look it up. Uh, what do we think of this one? Uh, you know, Santana came back in this episode to kind of not want Brittany back. Just want to make sure Brittany wasn't with anyone else, I guess. Uh, it, was a, it was a little strange. Jennifer, what'd you think?
1: Yeah, I think if, she'd come, if she had come... If she had come and had true intentions of getting back with Brittany, I would have understood it. If she had a more legitimate point then of all people she had to date you I'm like wait what what's her major <laughs> beef with Sam like wasn't well, he a great Sam, inspiration for like, Trouty Lips wasn't
3: Sam and Santana a thing like Santana that was a yeah, thing at one point exactly
1: and and he, she even credited him last you know even spoke his praises last week and said that you know he was great inspiration for Trouty Lips and some of her you know music but I just didn't understand like why Him of all people, like it could have been like Puck or or Finn or somebody that... Pick
0: one of the other gazillion guys on this show you dated. That that
1: Santana (laughs) had a thing about. But yeah, Sam was just sort of like a, you know, a blip in her romantic history. So I didn't understand. The whole thing was just clearly a setup to get her to go to New York. And it just didn't understand why this was the episode they they chose to do that <laughs>
0: i mean i i understood the sentiment i mean i understand that i understood that concept of a character saying mm-hmm. you know i i don't i know we can't really be together but i don't want you with anyone else you know and and then singling him singling uh, uh, or making the argument just not with this guy but what you're really saying is nobody, nobody. like i no. want you well, to be the, alone this whole, this whole and waiting for me
1: Sorry, I don't. Un- no, I'm just <laughs> but, Never been through that.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. So yeah, I understood the sentiment. Kidding. I thought it was a really honest sentiment. Yeah. Um, I didn't no, I dislike guess, yeah. this plotline. Really, I thought it was kind of fun to have Santana back, and and uh, you know, I didn't dislike this plotline. I think it was just it felt like it got more screen time than it really needed.
1: Well, I okay, think I think that's what I'm trying to say is I think they they totally could have, you know. Showed all that they needed to show, like expressed all that they were going to, and it would have been yeah, they could have done it in half the time, I think.
3: Well, and you, I would
1: have liked to more I'm I'm more thinking about off.
3: it like as like they they this whole this whole episode was like a character arc just to lead Brit like before when when Santana and Britney did uh, when Santana did mine, mm-hmm. Santana thought she was strong enough to end it with Britney, but but she really wasn't. Mm-hmm. When Brittany. Who who's like the the person of lucidity on the show? I know. Like she like Wait. for Santana to truly move on, Brittany had to be the one to be like to end it. Whereas yeah. before, Santana was the one to end it.
1: Yeah, and I and I and I get that. I just again, I think they could have been a little bit tighter with the the you know the story and just moved it along a little quicker. Yeah, <laughs> they, that I, was I my know. only they, complaint. They, just, they yeah. can't. They,
3: the writers don't know when. Yeah. <laughs> uh, enough Santana's enough Santana. Yeah. I
1: think you I think you've got
0: it, Ed. I think that's the issue is Santana is a great character in small doses. And whenever she got too much screen time, whenever she got too much attention, you start to see like, you know, like I always said, if you met Santana in real life, you would hate her. And so as soon as she gets too much of a focus, that becomes a problem. And, you know, anyone who's watching the show when she shows up in in New York and is like, I'm moving in, but damn. And they're like, yeah, that's great. No, that's like torture. Could you imagine what a horrible thing that would be if your bitchy high school friend was like, I'm moving in. And you suddenly have to deal with it. Uh, you know, the, the only upside is maybe there's no longer enough room for Brody. It just was oh. kind of goofy. Please, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, and so Santana's always worked best when she was a smaller character. Well,
3: I mean, yeah, Santana, Santana shines in her, in her, Santana shines in the role that Kitty is shining in now. Yes. Like, even though Kitty gets so little, I'm always interested in what she's doing, <laughs> All, like, without fail. Like, she got so little this episode, but I was, I was in love with every Kitty moment I got.
1: But did you see her <laughs> dancing, like, in Tina's song? At the end or middle, I guess middle end when Tina did her big diva song, I thought like you could see you could see Kitty up there dancing and break dancing. I was like, oh my god, she's so good. Why isn't there yeah, more on her? Yeah, she's
0: crazy good. Yeah, well, she's I mean, because next
3: season, like, like I, I want to get into Tina. Well, I don't want to say this, like it's so nice to have like the three the three years of like pseudo Tina bashing to come to such a satisfying climax. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's so funny to get this payoff, but it feels so good.
0: Yeah. yeah, let's go right into Tina. I mean, there's not much more to say about Santana. Let's go right into Tina. It was a really, like... Uh, I had such a love-hate relationship with, with the Tina storyline in this episode, but to see like, after she did the big number and was just like, yeah, it's, you know, it's fine, whatever, and walks away, I was like, okay you know, she just dropped the mic, like that worked for me, she just dropped the mic and said, I'm out, and walked away I'm totally I, down for that. I, I know,
3: like, okay, what are, what are your thoughts on the whole vapor rub scene? I I come from the, from the school of thought that sometimes good characters do bad things because it's interesting. And I thought it was this, this particular action was sufficiently character motivated. So, so, but I want, I want your take on that. Cause that's my take.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, um, well, <laughs> I, I mean, the, it, it was, we were watching it the, the first time the other night, um, <laughs> first words out of Josh's mouth were if the roles were reversed, it would be rape. And it kind of, I mean, it was, it was definitely a violation. It was, like, to me, I feel like it was a violation and very awkward to watch. I actually didn't want, I don't know, didn't watch it the second time. (laughs) It just, it was very uncomfortable and... I mean, I thought Blaine was really cute the next day and he has such great, you know, facial reactions. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I must have used it all last night or whatever. But, um, yeah, it just it was it was uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, it was it was an interesting scene. Like there was a I I think the struggle I had was, yeah, like I said during the show, if that was a guy and a girl, everyone would be crying rape right now.
1: Uh, It was a guy and a girl. Other, but it, you know, yeah, I mean. reversed.
0: Um, <laughs> um, is there a way that like you know if you take that away and you just kind of play it as like you know a character desperate for tenderness and places like there's a way that i think it could have been done that it wouldn't have been crazy and i would have guess i'd rather have seen that one like i guess i'd rather have seen i, I, that I totally scene, agree with you but i agree with you and i do think that it was character motivated and i do think it put like what they were going for was to show Tina's
3: desperation for tenderness uh, yeah, but, in this but moment. They, like, I feel like the, and the just three, three seasons far. that we've been building up to. Like I like I believe the desperation. It wasn't Oh yeah. It wasn't like this isn't like episode thirteen of season one. This is this is three years of this of tina getting the shaft and like <laughs> i believed it i'm like i believe this and
0: I, and and that's like you know like sammy is saying in the chat room right now like it all she had to do was if she didn't straddle him it would have been a little easier to take or oh, if yeah, he'd yeah. like fallen asleep halfway through and she just continued to apply the vapor rub to him it wouldn't I mean it wouldn't have felt quite so creepy, like hey at least said, you know I'm allowing you to touch me right now, like there's levels at which it could have been done, but you're right, Ed. I think like character motivation and like what the scene was trying to say it was very effective. It just pushed it. I think they just kind of took it a a touch too far into where it was i going
3: i I, to. I agree that they probably With, went this is probably didn't do the right thing, but like it's like since it's out there, I mean. I mean, ha- have has has no one else been like th- this desperate <laughs> person? Like I don't know, like I like. She didn't like take advantage of him she was she was just she was just desperate so this is
0: here this is this is what I'm trying to say. If it had been done, it could have been done in a way where we wouldn't be talking about whether or not it was creepy. we'd just be talking about what a beautiful moment of desperation and how sweet and, and sweet and heartbreaking it is, but instead we're talking about how was it creepy it was kind of creepy i think it was creepy i so i'd rather be talking about the other one which is what the scene should have been that's all i'm saying uh so who is it in the chat room just had a good one too uh gleek464 said the vapor rub scene was eight shots of creepy and two shots of heartbreak
1: oh yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely
0: but all definitely, the,
3: all the, is that the Tina cocktail? <laughs>
0: Let's take a listen to "Hung Up," uh, and uh, then we'll uh, see. You know, do we think that Tina's evolution into a diva was complete in this scene or in this episode? Here is a bit of "Hung Up" uh, as performed by Tina Cohen jang on the Gleeful Podcast.
3: Home Tia a Tina solo. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for me this was a absolutely fantastic dance number and a great scene and a wonderful performance of an utterly abysmal song
3: but <laughs> I think total points were for other- <laughs> probably considering other songs but the 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 message in quotes of of hung up kind oh, yeah. of related the most to Tina's feeling because when, when I thought when I, when I saw the scene I wanted it to be share believe like at that, <laughs> at that moment.
0: Well, but, there's a but like hung
3: up does make more sense within context.
0: Right before this scene, or not right before, but the scene where that we just discussed, um, like what we'll call a vapor rub gate. Um, during vapor rub <sighs> gate, he showed her a playlist, and she's like, "Wow, you dug deep into old school divas like Cher and Aretha and Madonna." And then she does a Madonna song from like three years ago.
3: I don't know. I didn't. Wasn't wasn't that a 2004 song? Maybe my years are off. I, I mine
0: probably are, but that's still like, we're not digging very deep for this song. I mean, if you want to go classic diva Madonna, I mean, there's a thousand places you could have gone that would have been more impactful than this, or at least play to that particular line. Like, you know, it seemed to set up something that I was looking forward to seeing Tina do, you know, a big, uh, 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 a a big diva number from days of yore and instead we got this which you know sounds this song to me is just madonna being like i'm still relevant you guys please listen to me play me in
3: clubs where women go so (laughs) you know (laughs) jennifer yeah i that is true it is true but it, (laughs) it was it was refreshing to see tina doing a song with confidence and it wasn't a fantasy sequence it wasn't anything but (laughs) like character driven and so that that part of it was dice
0: I totally agree Jennifer what did you think about Tina's evolution into full blown diva
1: I thought it was I thought it was great I mean her her like snapping and and freaking out on Blaine because he was sick (laughs) had medicine fell asleep and didn't reciprocate his feelings. Um, I just didn't understand that. But that aside, I-, I thought this was a another just really fun number, and and I think she she nailed it. And yeah, I think they went again for the more literal message in it. You know. Yeah,
3: yeah I'm su- I'm sure. Like they got to this scene. In the writing room, and they're like, "What song should we have Tina do?" A conversation that doesn't come up very often.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: they're like, "Well, there's something I never
1: and thought then we'd say." They, go- they Google song about someone who's hung up on somebody else. <laughs> Here you go. No, I'm sure they put more research into it. I, but... so. no, I,
3: I question sometimes. <laughs> I've, I've, heard some, I've I've heard some interviews from musical directors from televisions and movies, and it's quite random how songs are selected sometimes
1: <laughs> well I mean what was it was one I was thinking it was last season they used a Katy Perry, Perry sign that was like too literal that it, it was so literal it didn't make sense like, like it, I kissed
0: a girl yes I think it was that <laughs> and
1: it was but in the context it was like if you really listen it's not making sense at no it's all. not
0: making sense at no. all
1: so anyhow but I that aside so much fun if you guys still have it on your DVR or, or computers, I, I would say watch it again and look in the upper left corner and just watch Kitty. She's, she's
0: pretty know. incredible. She's like, Killson. Killson. I, I, I totally agree. agree. Yeah. yeah, she was great in this number. And it's fun that um, I feel like Brittany or Heather Morris has never really had somebody that could kind of uh, well, I guess she had Mike, Mike Chang, Chang, yeah. I mean, who that was could it. Keep up with her, and since he's been gone, she hasn't really had another dancer mm-hmm. on the squad. And so, to see her do, uh, uh, to see Crazy her moves, dancing with Kitty, yeah. that was really fun. That was uh, cool to have somebody else that could keep up with her.
1: Oh, and the only other thing that um, when we were watching this again last tonight, as uh, I'm watching the whole thing and, the, and when it ends, I'm like. Okay, all those people up there singing and dancing like this—why aren't they in the glee club? They could double the club right there and have like crazy acrobatics. Well, crazy we, we are dealing with
3: the um, mysterious case of Sugar Mata. They—they—they—they they, <sighs> they, they are only having eleven people, and I thought Zyces would be more involved, but they'll probably just add Santana to it yeah. while she's going
2: to <laughs> oh,
0: Niata
3: mid mid semester. Yeah, Does, you Santana also that. Well,
0: Jennifer well, also, also commented. Just moving in. Jennifer commented that the drummer that was in the band, the or in player. the, or the guitar player that was in the Glee club for an episode, is now back playing the guitar. He was
1: playing guitar um, during Blaine's song. <laughs> oh poor guy.
3: You know, <laughs> you know, okay. Side note: every, like nearly every episode, there's the cheerio with the neck brace. Yes. I like um, for her. Now. Where did like, she she's come like, from? She's like my go-to. Yeah.
1: Ster- it just reminds me of like you know Joan Cusack back in you know, 16 candles oh with the neck, with the back and neck. That's raise. probably
0: the reference. Totally. I think it's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so we, um, so we had Tina's full blown evolution into diva and her continuing, uh, or I guess, I don't know. Is she going to continue pursuing Blaine or do you think she's, uh, come to terms with that? I mean, he invited her to the wedding and there was something in her agreeing that I'm like, she's, she still she's thinks still not she's getting got it. A shot yeah. She's
3: not, she's still but, hung up. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, there's a part of me because of vapor rep gate that would like to just <laughs> sweep this under the rug. But I feel like, like this is like the first full on Tina storyline that we're, that we've ever gotten. And I don't, like there's a part of me that doesn't, that doesn't want to lose that. So hmm. like, All right. the, quest, the question is, do we want a Tina storyline at the expense of this?
0: <laughs> well, we shall see. Yeah, that's a very good point. Hmm. Um, well, uh, I think the other, the other big plot line before we leave, uh, Lima, Ohio is of course. Finn kissed Emma. Now the first time when they when when Emma was uh, uh, was trying to pick centerpieces and was talking to Finn, and Finn's like, "Thanks," and he walks out of the room, and Jennifer goes, "Fema," and I am like, "No, never happened. <laughs> Only in fan fiction that I've read." Uh-huh. So then there is like, and then it actually happens. That was that was an interesting. I don't know. You, I wasn't sure what I was supposed to take away from that.
1: The way he lingered and the first time I watched it, I thought he was staring at her butt. But then I think he was just staring <laughs> at her her giant checklist. Yeah, he's odd. staring
0: at the giant checklist and being like, you're crazy. I'm walking away.
1: Uh, <laughs> but he has this moment where he almost catches himself and stops smiling as hard. And I was like, oh, he's thinking about this. And that's why I said FEMA. I but don't Emma know. is such a weird. There's really no other way to do that. He's
0: heartbroken. She's heartbroken. They're they're. I don't know. That was a, that was a weird. Well, see, this Ed.
3: this this whole thing is. I'm. <laughs> I'm. This is how I see this setting up. Finn's life is getting too cushy at McKinley. Ah. This is the only way to get him to New York.
0: Oh my God! Please no. Are we really going to do that? Is that I'm your just angle? Hashtag oh. like
3: it is. I'm. Just, that's all there wow. is to
1: it. See, okay. So my thought is this is the only way to really get rid of Mr. Schuster.
3: No, wow. unfortunately, they they will keep Will Schuster till the demise of this show.
1: But <laughs> but like, only like one episode every yeah. half season.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to see Matthew Morrison as little as possible until the end of the show. I mean, why?
1: Other than the s- supposed storyline, why isn't he in it? Like, is he doing something? um is he doing another yeah, like, pursuit? I feel
3: like this is partially mm.
1: backlash because he kind of did an
3: interview uh being very frustrated with his contract with glee and how he couldn't get out of it.
0: I did not know. Ah.
1: That.
5: They
0: did I mean that's what they did to Mark Salling when Mark Salling was kind of slacking off and then suddenly uh Puck was in juvie for 2 weeks or something. Wow. Yeah, yeah like said, like
3: yeah. I recall an interview near the end of season 3 and and Will Schuster Compl- or real life <laughs> um was complaining that he couldn't do movie roles because glee was taking up too much of his time mm. and he's like well i can't leave the show because i'm bounded by contract i'm sure the framing was probably against him so i but he did like something to that effect was said and i'm not surprised that it's retribution for that you yeah know?
0: like insider rumor and just, just rumor, but you do hear a lot in L.A. about Ryan Murphy being a very vindictive showrunner. Uh, so I guess it's not, you know, totally beyond, uh, beyond um, believing. H-
3: hello, that's why he won't ever kill Quinn. He needs, <laughs> he needs her around to punish her. <laughs> he, like, because like, killing, killing Quinn would make it far too easier. He's like, no, you will be, <laughs> you will be paralyzed and I will bring you back. <laughs> and you will go back down. Just so I can punish you. and yeah. back down.
0: So, but I didn't know really how to feel about Femma because I feel like so much of season one and two was about, well, season one and three, I guess, was about getting Will and Emma together. And then having this moment between Emma and Finn, I don't really know what I was supposed to take away from it. And in a way, I wasn't as... Ang- I mean, for, it kind of worked for me in a way. Not, not. I don't mean that to sound like, like dirty or forgiving or anything. But no, like from I a mean, plot viewer's I, perspective, I totally I what you're like, saying. okay. Like, like
3: admit, like they, they actually on paper kind of makes sense as a couple.
0: Yeah, and it and it felt kind of motivated in that moment where he's heartbroken and he doesn't know what else to do and and it's just kind of like instinct takes over to try to save the situation and and it felt kind of motivated and natural in a way. Like it didn't shock me. It, it, mm-hmm. I felt exactly like Finn felt where it didn't shock me until a few seconds after it happened. And I went, Oh wait, he's not supposed to do that. Yeah. Like what, it, right when it happened, I was like, Oh, this is great. And I'm like, Oh crap. Wait, no, this is horrible. What no, is it? What's going on? <laughs> and that's why I kind of like, even though it was, you know, even though it was a bad move for everyone involved, it kind of was Okay, I don't know from yeah. a from a viewer viewer perspective, not from a human perspective.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I have to keep reminding myself that you know in the show he's probably nineteen at best. Yeah, oh, which, totally. which is which is fine. Um, but if he were like the new young teacher who had just come to Lima, Ohio, and he was you know twenty two, I'd be all over this one because I I <laughs> I think they're sweet together. <laughs> Which is, you know, kinda crazy. But as, as Finn and Emma no, I I don't see how it could work, but she did. She was crazy good in her freak out. She I mean she is.
0: That's her skill, man. That I mean Jamie Mays does that so well.
1: She I mean I don't even, I couldn't even tell if that was acting after a while. She was just <laughs> she was having a breakdown. And and yeah, like he just you know, I I, I totally can see how it would happen in his in his attempt to just be so calming to her. You know, that's what happened. And obviously, it wasn't thought out and planned, but it got her to stop, you know, freaking (laughs) out and gave her something else to freak out about. There, there, there was a comment in the
0: chat room, and now I'm not. Oh, uh, animal puff, saying like, yeah, this is essentially what he would have done to Rachel. Oh, yeah,
4: like he, he his
0: brain just kind of took, or his, well, I guess not his brain, but like you know, his instincts took over, and he's like, this is how I would have fixed it before. Yeah. <laughs> so now, and this just, is like the only move I've got. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's go ahead and, and take a trip all the way over to New York. Um, we have two versions of Bring Him Home. I do not have an, a mashup version of Bring Him Home. So I'm going to take a vote. Jennifer, which version Ooh. should we listen to?
1: I would say Kurt's because I want to hear the final note. Ed. That was my frustration. With I want to hear
3: Rachel's defying gravity. I mean, what? I'm sure <laughs> you the Kurt version.
1: We're going with
0: Kurt. <laughs> okay, well, here's a bit of a uh, Chris Cole. For and I performing. apologize to everybody in the chat room who
1: does not want to hear Kurt.
3: Uh, this is from Lamez, of course. Oh, I
1: mean, Vita. he she,
3: he did win Midnight Madness oh, The Fight Club, <laughs> Fight Club of Niata. I know. Are we even allowed to know about this? <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about it. Here yeah,
4: that's it. My in my
0: So, Jennifer, this is not a performance. This is a blood sport. Which, man, I may hate me some Brody, but he got some points for doing that line with a straight face. Uh, Jennifer, who won Midnight Madness if you were in the room and had to pick a side of the room to stand on, which is the stupidest way of voting for anything ever?
1: Well, they had to do it quietly because this was all you know, stealthy. See, I thought,
3: crap. I thought that they were going to turn the lights <laughs> off and like yeah. they, everyone would go to their appropriate part in the room and then they would turn the lights back on.
0: Ooh, that was, uh, that would have been interesting, oh. but then someone would
3: have tripped and it would have gotten, nothing. I know, but it's, it's ble- <laughs> I was, just, I was suspending some disbelief yeah. too much, too much. No, no,
1: no more than the show ever has. This is really tough because as similar as they are at times, I think they're totally different different and I would have to really hear it in full mm. um, but Rachel did nail that final note and, and that's true you know one of the more powerful like all of this I- is very beautiful and very heart-wrenching but like the way it ends I think is kind of who gets it
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know I feel like this wasn't the best song selection. Is that? Is, am, I, I mean, that's how I feel about it.
0: That's um, you know, I think it's probably it's it's definitely a a, um, a song selection. I believe. Like, were there a singing Fight Club? Yeah. I would definitely see this being a song selection that these kids would choose. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, I. As, as usual, as I always say on Glee, Glee always has these performance or these competitions, and they don't tell us why the person who won won, so we're just left to, like, argue about it the next day, uh, which must be by freaking design because they can't be that stupid. The one thing I'll give them is that um, this was, you know, Kurt acted this song. Like, he really performed the song, yeah, and Rachel did the song as Rachel, And I think at the end of the day, this is just a song that's more correct for Kurt as a character and Chris Colfer as a performer. This is a song he should be doing and she should be doing, you know, on my own. Like, it's just the character and Mm -hmm. the the emotional resonance of the moment that this song takes place in and is written for are just closer to him. And, and so he's going to deliver this song better than Rachel will. Mm-hmm. And she and he could never do On My Own to save his life.
1: Right. And I think because, you know, when they did their, you know, first unofficial Diva, well, you know, I guess this is official, Diva often you know, two years ago, it was a girl song. So, I mean, it, it made sense that, you know, to, to balance it, that yes. they were going to give him a song that, was, that was him. And... Um, yeah, no. I thought it was great. Well, I mean,
3: I think the whole... I think it was a good... <clears throat> I think the results, like, the fallout from this were all correct, so... Yeah. I yeah. guess I guess the... As I say multiple times, I'm an ends-justifies-means girl, so the end, like... <laughs> Like, okay, yeah. the means are justified. I agree. No, and I liked,
0: yes, I did like the outcome of this. And I did like the, like you said, the world that this outcome created and bringing them together again. Uh, I really did like this. I I think this was a... um I just wanted to, you know, get a more definitive reason why he won. I mean, when it was the last Steve off, when they did Define Gravity, we all know why she won. It was because he flubbed the last note. I don't think he was actually doing that on purpose. I think that was stupid. But uh, I, you know, it's it, like we all, no one walked out of that one and going, oh, I really think he did better.
1: Well, I mean, and in, in, in this particular arena, there was no way they were going to get a a, cons- uh, a a reason why because mm-hmm. it was you know it was a public opinion thing and they're not gonna like poll 30 people
0: but all they need is like one of the characters to say like you won because you know if Brody said it yeah. we'd all go
3: oh okay see see, yeah. I would love th- this will never ever ever happen but <laughs> if the season finale go on end <laughs> it because this is the only way that the timelines would make sense with us watching this show and like the, like and them being able to film it and write it <laughs> If the season finale was, uh, was a diva off between or a, some kind of off between some characters and they used Twitter <laughs> hashtags to gauge the winner and that would be the opening of the next season.
2: <laughs>
3: that's the only way that, that it could line up with the, air, the airing of the show and the production of the next episode is would, it would be a season finale. So,
0: Well, uh, I already know how this season is going to end and I'm not happy about it.
3: What? Oh, uh, please, you, you? Please, I don't. I'm.
0: I i can not tell you. I. Know, uh, I just uh, know. Oh, you can't tell me. Will I just. I, will know. I be killed for knowing? No. Like I don't. We don't do spoilers on the show. And don't, I don't know but, for oh, sure. But, oh, it's you not like actually? No, no. You're not no, no, just no, saying no. like, oh, I know. Like,
3: I don't know. Like, no. Offhand Oh, I know. Okay. If
0: I tell you how it's. If I. If I tell you how I know it's going to end, even though I don't know, <clears> no, <throat> no one's told me. I haven't read anything, but I know how it's going to end. And if I tell you, it's going to ruin it for you, particularly Jennifer.
1: I need you to write it down, put it in a sealed envelope, okay. and hand it to me in three months. We're
0: going to do that. We're okay. going to <laughs> do that after this. I'm going to write down what's going to happen at the end of the season four, season finale. Yeah. And then you're going to open the envelope on the show and tell everybody that I'm right. We should, Then um, I'm going to be pissed off because I they, hate they, that they this. Do, is they do this
3: on X Factor UK at the. At, the beginning of the uh, the beginning of the finals all the judges write a name and put it in the envelope of who they think is going to win like before anything starts I think we should we should have an envelope (laughs) for uh, who we think is going to get a solo at nationals
0: oh that's interesting
3: And see who's right. It's gonna gonna be
0: Marley. Sugar. (laughs) Sugar. It's gonna be sugar. (laughs) Her daddy's gonna buy it for her. There you go. That's (laughs) what it's gonna be. Uh, Let's listen to some voicemails. We have a ton of voicemails and they're super good. So we're gonna get through as many as we can. Uh, Here, let's start. uh, Well, let's start with the standby, shall we? Here's some standby's for you. Hey guys, it's
6: Sarah and Caitlin. I don't really know how to ring this episode. It was not the okay to good range. It was just kind of there. It didn't really connect to last week, and it felt like they just smashed some old episodes together. By the
5: time the weekend was over, I honestly didn't remember much of what happened.
6: But the one thing that does stick out is how much of a creepy stalker Tina's become. There's a <laughs> fine line between his reaction and just being creepy. Tina crossed that line when she was unbuttoning his shirt and touching him without his consent, which was an image I cannot get out of my head. If that was a male character doing it to a female character, There'd be no doubt that it was wrong, and it would be called some kind of sexual assault. There's really no defending her, and they're going to have to go far to make her likable to me again.
5: I was just waiting for her to take a brick and break his legs so he could never leave. It felt like the <laughs> next step to change the music to some scary piano chords, and you had a horror
6: film. Uh, On and how I met your mother's dobbler, Dahmer. Gail, she's a total Dahmer.
5: <laughs> and then you were doing so well, and you were helping Emma with the wedding, and it was adorable, but then... Oh, but then, just why?
6: I, however, am taking the opportunist approach to this kiss. I'm not a fan of the romance, though it's technically legal, so I am morally in the right. <laughs> I've seen an opening in how we can get Mr. Shu to go away forever, and if all it requires is sitting through some awkward and questionable thin and Emma scenes, it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make.
5: But here's just a thought. What if during one of these musical duels, the one character starts singing, the other turns to them and goes, I, I actually don't know this one. Maybe I could take the sheet music home, study up. If you're in the mood tomorrow, we could try again. <laughs> and in the
6: case of Sam and Santana's US, they made it seem like whoever won got Brittany. If Santana won, was she just going to go up to Brittany and say, I want to sing off, so
5: we're back together? Brittany would probably buy that. I was actually happy with her character in this episode. It was sweet, caring Brittany, who always sees the good in other people. And Kurt was awesome in this episode, too, taking
6: down Rachel while still being a good friend and staying true to his character. And when Santana walked in and informed them she was going to be moving in, Kurt was
5: terrified. He really is the king <laughs> of
6: reaction shots. The performance that blew us away was Santana's Girl on Fire, hands down the best of the episode. Though it was against Diva, which is just a terrible song, so maybe not much of a fight.
5: And when she emerged from the subway, I was expecting her to have traveled back in time and run into roots before branches, Rachel. I mean, she had the hat, and it was the same path, and it was weird, and just screamed wibbly-wobbly, tiny-wimey. Anyway, we can't wait to hear what you all thought. Bye!
0: Jennifer swore she was going to throw that beret into the air. A la Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. I thought they were going to sing That Girl. Who's this? That girl. Uh, let's go over here.
2: Hey, Josh, Jen and Ed. This is Aaron calling in from under two feet of snow in Connecticut. to <laughs> <laughs> comment on the latest episode of Glee awesome. Diva. Um, as a huge Beyonce fan, I can honestly say that I hate the song Diva. It is the dumbest song ever. But the Glee Kid really made me like it. And Unique's voice is just so Perfect. She just needs to sing more and get a little bit more storyline, and I'd be happy. Um, although I have mostly positive things to say about this episode, I think it really suffered without the two point um, I may be one of the few people who even cares about the newbies, but the episode would have been just a little bit more exciting with them in it. Um, and my only song criticism was for "Make No Mistake, She's Mine," sung by Santana and Sam. It was a beautiful song. I love the original song, but. When we went into that scene with so much momentum and passion, it was immediately lost once they started singing it. Um, and then finally, in New York, Rachel finally got put in her place, which was sickingly enjoyable to watch. I felt bad that I was laughing, but it, <laughs> she deserved it. It's about time. Um, overall, a B-plus episode for me, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think. Bye.
0: We didn't really give it grades. Jennifer, what would you give this episode?
1: b plus a minus
0: i would give it a b
3: plus as well ed wow i'm a definitive solid b this wow. is wow how does this, this happen well, i love this what's episode happening but in the i didn't, universe I, didn't right now. I didn't i didn't love uh, yeah. it, it, it quite yeah. as much as you guys did what's apparently? happening wow in the, I thought that it was, a, that's, that's interesting
1: yeah that's i thought funny. it was fun like um, unlike last week which was nice but uh, you know at times kind of meh I thought this was a lot of fun. And I and, you know, uh, uh, other than the fact that I think that they concentrated a little too much screen time on the um, Santana thing. I do think they covered enough other stuff that I really liked. I mean, yes, totally agree. Love the fact that, you know, Rachel got called on her crap. I mean, in, in you know, in true TV fashion, it's all resolved in 42 and a half minutes, which is great. <laughs> but but, you, you know, um, they, they were right. He he was still a friend. He never wavered. And, and you know a true friend is going to call you on your crap. So that was really cool. Um, I, I liked the, the drama with Will and Emma. I liked Sue's little bit in there. And Sue, I think now the only reason Sue is getting screen time is just so that she can be kind of the, you know, snarky, funny, self-aware, you know, voice of self-awareness. Like she's the one who, you know, will say stuff like uh oh yeah amazing that you you kids you know don't have jobs but still have these team of scientists who can you know um teleport you guys from uh you know city to city and it doesn't cost you any money sorry josh is distracting me with crazy major mar- m- <laughs> magic marker smell <laughs> yes
0: yeah, sorry about that i did i did have a magic marker so,
1: yes yeah, no it I is know. great i'm r- writing
3: down uh I'm saving my voice. Can you finish the show? Is that what your, your <laughs> yeah. cards for her? <laughs> no, Please
1: take a message. It's it's a big envelope that in big red letters to be opened after season four finale. I'm seeing a picture of it
0: so everyone can oh, see.
5: Sorry.
0: Uh, let's listen to a voice mail.
5: Hey, Cleavelle Podcast. It's Tracy from Snowden in, Massachusetts, <laughs> and I'm calling to share my four point review for this week's show entitled Diva. My first point was that Tina blew me away this week. She truly seemed to find herself. I cried with her, I rooted for her, and totally agreed that she won Diva Week. Brittany's line about how Tina never wins is so true. I mean, her solo solo performance was my favorite performance of the night. Aside from um, Santana singing Girls on Fire, um, that was my second favorite. My second point is I really enjoyed watching the tension between Kurt and Rachel this week. It was a little painful to watch at times, but it really needed to happen in their friendship. The situation, I think, helped Kurt to be strong and believe in himself, and I think it helped Rachel to see her boundaries and bring her back to herself as opposed to the person she was becoming. I also agreed in the outcome of Kurt winning Midnight Madness. Oh. So amazing. I totally agree that he should have won. My third point is that Santana was literally on fire this week for this episode. Her musical numbers were all fantastic. The exchange between her and Sam, I think, helped her to let go of Britney a little bit, and her discussion with Britney ultimately helped push her to go to New York. I'm still not a big fan of her being in New York, but maybe seeing her there will help change my mind. I hope it does. I just don't really know at this point. (laughs) Mm. And my last point, my least favorite point, is the kiss between Finn and Emma. (laughs) I have no idea where it came from or why it happened. I just wish it never had. Seriously. This, come on, Glee, it was the one moment I wanted to go back in time and change. Oh, again, my least favorite moment of the episode. But I hope we have at least a little resolve with why that happened and how it's going to play out. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Bye.
0: <coughs> thank you. We thank you for that voicemail. Uh, <laughs> we can't wait to listen to your voicemail. I don't know. I didn't have a good response to that one. But no. it was very sweet. Um,
1: and sorry, you're snowed Tracy in Tracy from Avias
0: coming, is becoming a, a returning character.
1: She's from Wubin. Oh, okay. I say, Ruben.
0: Ruben. Uh, here's another recurring character.
5: Hey guys, listener Sammy here. So first, let's just get this out of the way now. Finn kissing Emma, not cool. Blatant character assassination, as usual when it comes to Finn. Second, can we just point out how creepy and borderline psychotic Tina was in this episode? I mean, straddling an unconscious Blaine and rubbing his chest. Did we really have to go there, Glee? If it was the other way around, there would have been an uproar. And now let's never speak of it again. So I love the performances in this episode a lot. I think Blaine's Queen song may go down as one of my favorite numbers they've ever done. And as creepy and crazy as Tina was in this episode, you've got to admit her number was pretty fantastic. And Tina won something, finally,
2: (laughs) Uh, as Brittany
5: says. While it's always good to see Santana, it seems a bit cruel to come visit her ex, whom she dumped to try and rub it in her face that she's got a new girlfriend, then try to scare off her boyfriend. She dumped Brittany, and not allowing her the chance to start over just seems cruel. I love Kurt's story in this one. For once, it didn't seem like a St. Kurt moment when he won. He won fairly based on his talent and did so without losing who he is and still helping his friend in the end. Can't wait to see Santana as the new roomie. That place is getting crowded. Incredibly awkward moments aside, I really liked this episode. I still say they're on a roll, and Ed is right about Season 4 being the new Season 1. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought.
0: People, Ed's ego does not need any more (laughs) compliments.
1: (laughs) No, you see the thing is somehow they've got to work it in so that Sue gets to say, you know, two thousand and thirteenth, and you two thousand and nine, or something <laughs> like that. Like she's gonna somehow work it in, and 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 that's gonna be your payoff, Ed.
3: <laughs> I mean, I I I already feel pretty justified. They're doing, uh, well, I'll see. I don't I don't. I feel is it a spoiler? They they put it if if they put it in the promo, it's not a spoiler. Is that correct? No. Yeah, you can say that. Okay, um, that, I was like, lat, at the end of last episode, I was like, they should do Anything Could Happen, and now they're doing Anything Could Happen. I was like, dance. dance. That's uh, it. The, okay.
0: Let's see, we have... That, uh, was, that wasn't a major thing. We have a couple people yeah, from enough. Memphis. Let's get one of these guys. Hey, Josh,
5: and this is Tiffany from Memphis. I'm not really sure how I feel about last week's episode. On the one hand, I'm glad they concentrated on Glee first class. I just haven't gotten there with the 2.0s first yet. Class. I think that's a lot to do with what Josh said about them being too pretty. These guys look like they should be at the Abercrombie and Stitch School for modeling on paper
2: shopping bags. <laughs>
5: <laughs> on the other hand, I counted at least a half a dozen times where my stomach clenched, and I literally felt like I was going to vomit. I have never been so physically uncomfortable during an episode of Glee, ever. Especially when Tina was molesting Blaine with Dick Rub while he was asleep. And Finn and this Pillsbury just... Ugh, no. A couple of other thoughts. Uh Santana's in New York. We saw that one coming. I'd like to know where she's going to sleep because if there was a third bedroom in the elastic mansion, surely someone would have slept there during the breakup episode. (laughs) And Rachel's is no longer at Viva. At least until Mercedes moves to New York next season. And then it's online Donkey Kong. You heard it here first. (laughs) Can't wait for the podcast. Bye.
0: Oh, God. I hate to tell you, but Mercedes will
3: never be anything but successful and out of the way in the show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. People with headphones. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Josh, thanks. That was on me. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Oh, gosh. One more. One more.
4: Hey, Josh Internet. It's listener Katie from West Virginia. I just want to talk about all the on this episode. Um, I mean, first of all, she comes in, she's singing names with the Cardinals. Anyone but she's been out of school for months. So. How did she get all four of those girls to come there? What, did she rob them all with lottery tickets? <laughs> I it mean, just didn't make any sense. And then where has she been living for the past month? I mean, I know she's been in New York and Lima and everywhere, but she's supposed to be staying somewhere. And I guess she was in that po- kind of an apartment in the background when she's sang to cry in that episode. But it's still, the whole thing was weird. And in fact, so she's moving in with Kurt and Rachel, but isn't Brody living there, too? That's going to be a lot of people living in that lost apartment. But of course, there's plenty of room because it's, have you seen the place? It's huge. But yeah, it was just weird. <laughs> the whole thing with Santana and Brittany, this episode was weird because, yeah, we all wanted to be together. Then it's like, she's mine. And then it's like, oh no, um, we're just going to be friends. And then Tina, what, what in the world was Tina doing? Why does she call them? And why does she call Santana? It was just weird. All right. Okay, want to listen to the show? Bye. <laughs> Thank you,
0: Jenny. <Teddy>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, crap. I, we're, I'm gonna have to put a bullet in because we're over an hour. But uh, but thanks everybody for leaving voicemails. We weren't able to get to Wes uh, or Irish Mike, whom uh, I adore, and uh, Jackie, Lauren, and Marie uh, were the other ones we weren't a- able to get to. But uh, definitely leave your voicemails every week. And um, uh, you guys have been leaving so many good ones that we haven't been able to play them all. But thank you <laughs> You're for You're making
1: Josh's this. job really hard.
0: I know. It's killing me, guys. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, it's great to hear from everybody. You can find us. Uh, also, email me at Gleeful Podcast, uh, or GleefulPodcast or GleefulPodcast at com, and I will respond to all of those, though I am a bit behind. So don't bug me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just takes—it takes a couple days sometimes. I've been very busy. He's—he's um, he's
1: trying to write the next blockbuster and you know sell a script for a million bucks, so.
3: <laughs> Which has almost happened seven times in his life, but he has never finally sealed the deal, so he hasn't been able to talk about
0: it. That is entirely true. Uh, so this is a uh, so we're gonna go out on "Don't Stop Me Now" for one simple reason, because I hate girls on fire. Uh, so what?
3: Okay, That's
0: Okay, the 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 drums in the hook of that song are pure gold. The lyrics to that song are so absurdly inane. Like I, the girl's on fire the, the and then the floor's on something fire. Something
3: to be desired, oh. but like that that like that hook it's just like oh, it doesn't matter. Like the rest of the song could be crap and. Sometimes I wonder if it is, but I still
0: I... <laughs> see. That's the thing, like the dru- like the drums, like because there's almost no melody other than the the rhythm in that hook, which is amazing. And then the big like this girl's on fire moment is amazing, and everything else in that song is crap. And it I, I imagine me.
3: sometimes that the song was written as commission for Alicia Keys for the first Hunger Games movie, but was <laughs> rejected.
0: <laughs> wow. Well. I believe you. Uh, if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight and by the pod, by the current conversation in the chat room, I think you're going to want to weigh in on what I just said. Uh, you can email us at <laughs> gleefulpodcasts at gmail.com. You can find us online at Gleeful podcast. Dot com uh i we've got the twitter gleeful podcast i'm at josh burnell she's at Genevieve creative he's at edward giordano and you can find us on facebook just search for gleeful podcast and you can talk to the listeners uh this is don't stop me now this is my favorite queen song just listen to freddie mercury there's never been a voice like him there never will be another voice like him and it's cute that darren is trying uh but god freddie mercury um such a yeah. Strange-looking man, uh, but one of the great epic voices ever. So check that out if you've never heard it before. Uh, and that's about it for us. Jennifer, do you have anything else? No. Good. Ed,
3: anything else? I would like to Ed? thank some iTunes reviewers. Oh, iTunes reviewers, yes. Uh, we got we got actually we got like five this week. So yay! Wow. Uh, thank you thank to you, flee guys. Six, KH Ready to Go, uh, Shell Five Two Five. Semi-Charmed Life, and Jenny girl 1019 Thank you very much for your reviews on iTunes. It's it's always exciting to see new ones.
0: Yes, it's, it is always exciting to see new
3: ones. Uh, uh, oh, who was a... Oh, I
0: think... Was it Sapien? Had a very funny... Uh, no, I don't think... Oh, crap. I'm going to forget. But there was somebody who had a really cute tweet while this was going on Glee. They said, uh, uh, Oh, Blaine, your Darren is showing... <laughs> I thought that was very cute while he was performing this. For the Gleeful Podcast, was Josh Josh and I'm Josh. I'm Jen.
3: Um, my request for for nationals when they go there <laughs> is is the song "Same Love" by Mclemore Ryan Lewis featuring Mary Lambert. That is my request. All right. Thank, thank night, you, Ryan everyone. Murphy. I know you love me. Hi, just <laughs> hire me already. You don't have to. You don't have to keep hiding. Just call me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stop
4: at all.
0: And they cut the big orchestral outro that bar.
4: Yeah.
0: Oh well.